Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Tell Janice Radio Show, where you will hear inspiring stories about life, love, and labor from amazing women to help lift you up. Now, here's your host, Janice. Thanks very much, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're listening, and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from our guests today. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that if you know of a fabulous female that you would like me to give a shout-out to with a few words of encouragement, acknowledgement, or congratulations, please let me know their names by clicking on the link at telljanice.com. My guest today is Linda Smith. She's the president and founder of Life and Legacy. She's going to be talking about her company, Life and Legacy, and the four D's of success. I can't wait to hear about those four D's. Welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you so much, and good morning to you. Good morning to you, too. I'm so glad that you're going to be with us today. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Yes. Um, I am a registered nurse uh, by trade and have been uh, for about 40 years. And for 23 years, I owned and operated a private um, career college that I started uh, with two students. And um, it was a fully accredited uh, institution. And over the 23 years, we um, had an enrollment and graduate um, of approximately 18,000 individuals who went into various occupations in the healthcare industry. And um, as a result of the work that I was doing, I also do a lot of journaling and telling my story. And as a result of that, uh, I ended up having a book published called Business by Faith. And it is an Amazon number one bestseller and has been since April of this year. And uh, that book was read by a producer, and as a result, a documentary was done, and it has been picked up by a TV station in Washington, D.C. Wow, that's terrific. Yeah, my current company is Life and Legacy, which is um, the umbrella in which I produce my books, you know, my services as a business coach, and the promotion of the documentary. Wow, what a what a beginning! I'm I'm really impressed. So you you founded the first and only African American owned fully accredited vocational career college that you just told us about. Can you tell us the difference between licensed vocational nursing and um, and being a registered nurse and how you started with LVNs? Uh, yes, the. The difference between the two is the level of their license and the what we call their scope of practice as a uh, licensed nurse in the state. A licensed vocational nurse is an individual who has had training either at a career college or at a junior college level, and when they graduate, they are eligible to take a state exam under the Department 
of vocational nurses and psychiatric um, exams for their field and their scope. A registered nurse is an individual who has completed a minimum of a two-year junior level career college, I'm sorry, uh, junior college uh, academic level, and a registered nurse, their scope of practice is much more varied and higher than that of an LVN. And their degree expands from the two-year associate to a doctorate level. All of the registered nurses, regardless of their level, if they graduate with an associate degree or with a bachelor's degree, their entry level and the requirement by the state of California, they must pass the state of California exam. And once you pass that exam, then you're issued a license uh, as a registered nurse, and you have to renew that license every two years, regardless if you have an um, associate, a master's, bachelor's, whatever. You have to maintain your license through continued education. And the same is associated with a licensed vocational nurse, the LVN. Once they complete their education, they, too, have to maintain their license uh, by showing proof of continued education every two years. But the difference between our classification is our scope of practice and our the scope of our leadership. LVNs do the basic bedside care uh, for patients in hospitals and long-term care, uh, doing home health, et cetera. But your RNs are generally those who go into um, management and uh, along with patient care, they do supervisory level uh, and they go on and do research, get their doctorate levels and et cetera, if they choose to go that far in their vast careers. I see. There, There is a different um, level of care, definitely. And then in your beginning, how did you choose to become a registered nurse versus a, an LVN? And, and what was your story and how did that begin? I always knew that I was going to be a nurse from the age of five. There was no doubt in my mind. And I knew as I, you know, grew up in terms of my academics, I was going to become a registered nurse. The initial challenge for me was being accepted into um, the college, uh, junior college that I wanted to go to, uh, because you really have to understand there has been a time in our history uh, that individuals were not accepted into uh, school. And uh, few African-American females were being accepted into nursing school. And so the institution that I initially um, applied to, uh, it was known, you know, that only one African-American um, female was accepted into the nursing RN program uh, on a yearly basis, and that was it. And I knew uh, a couple of my girlfriends had applied, and I knew I was not going to get in uh, because we really had strategized who was going first, second, third, and I knew I, my turn was not there. And so I ended up transferring out of the district and applying to another um, junior college, and I was accepted on my first application into that college, and I was the only African-American uh, student in my class and in my graduating class two years later. Uh, but that has always been my path to be a registered nurse because I've always, it is part of my character uh, in terms of 
wanting to help make a difference in someone's life. That has always been my my focus. And being a nurse allows me to care and um, demonstrate my ability to care for others um, without any boundaries. And I was right. very interested in nursing and, and just being of service to others. Right. I've worked with um, registered nurses for the past 23 years, and I think it's a theme that most of them, I'd say 99.9% of that group of individuals um, as registered nurses started at a very early age knowing that they wanted to do that and they wanted to be caregivers. And you started at the age of five. So from the age of five and going through school, how did you make that step from the high school age and then was your was your family supportive of that? Your parents? My parents were supportive, but you know, I, I think it was at a time where I don't know if it was if it was an expectation that I was going to go to college more than a personal desire on that was, you know, instilled in me that I, I knew what I wanted to achieve in my life. So I did have that level of support, but this, my parents were not in a position in terms of providing financial support, you know, in that terms. But in terms of encouragement, yes, I've always been encouraged to do, you know, my my personal best. And so I set out along that line. Um, you know, ironically, even in high school, I did not even have a career counselor who even asked me what I ever wanted to be in all the times that I was going through school. And it wasn't until, um, I think it was about two months before my graduation, I got a call from my counselor who had informed me that I was getting a scholarship from the school uh, based on my involvement in school activities. And I had been a president of, of a chapter on campus, and I was selected by the other presidents of the various clubs on campus as being, I guess, the most outstanding um, president and chapter leader. And uh, I had to very quickly write up my portfolio and present a lot of information to a committee uh, in order to receive these scholarships that I received. But it's been a personal goal of mine to uh, strive for my own personal excellence. It sounds like it. It sounds like you've been a leader from a very early age and and very self-driven. I have been. I truly have been. Now, what what you have mentioned, um, and I did some reading about you, and so you write in a journal every day. What inspires you to do that? You know, when I started, um, I have to just quickly tell you how I started the school. Um, Sure. You know, and I let everyone know that, you know, in our own personal lives, we've had our own personal trials. And I went through a period in my life that was very challenging for me. Outcome of that, I personally knew Janice was God's grace. There was no doubt in my mind. And I submitted a prayer. And it, it, it cumulated everything that I am. I wanted to make a difference in someone's life. And I submitted the prayer, asking the Lord to allow me to make a difference in someone's life using my skills as a nurse. And I received a call uh, on my life, and in that call was the establishment of this school. 
I went through um, a great deal to get the school established, and, and I know your audience doesn't have time to hear this whole journey that I went through, but it absolutely was unbelievable. But one thing that I did, I knew that I did not have the skills to establish a school and teach. I was a nurse by trade, so I'd never written curriculum. I didn't know how to do lesson plans and write a syllabus. And the first thing I did, I enrolled into Cal Poly University to get my teaching credential within 30 days of getting this call in my life to do the, to go down this new path. And I began to journal the evening that I started my first class, and I never stopped journaling. And the result of what I put in these journals was so true and so transparent of all of the challenges that I faced uh, from day to day in dealing with trying to establish the school, people that I encountered, um, the transparency of being um, a person and a woman trying to establish a business, having a business, and being married and the challenges of that marriage and what it, the challenges it brought. I was very transparent and uh, to the point of literally discussing uh, my own personal plan to go through a divorce. And even when I read it to this day, I have to put the book down because it's so transparent and true. And the outcome of that. And so business by faith, it really tells what it has taken to establish a business and maintain that business. And it covers the first 10 years of the 23 years of operating uh, the 40 college. I was surprised because it was never my intent that what I was writing would have an interest to anyone else. It was just my personal therapy and how I was dealing and managing my life. And a young lady who's a publisher asked to read my journal. And I very reluctantly uh, provided the very first um, book that I wrote, the journal. And she contacted me and told me she could not put it down. And she insists that we work together to publish my journal. And I agreed. And once they were published, she was not satisfied and she wanted to do more. And a dear friend of mine that I had gone to junior high school with, and I had not seen him in 30 years, uh, he is a producer. And I, uh, she contacted him, and they met. He read my book, and he was so taken by it that he said, I see the vision. And he developed the documentary, A Profile in Courage, Linda L. Smith. That documentary has won an uh, accolade award. It has been viewed by um, film festivals, and he recently received notice from a TV station in Washington, D.C., that they want to um, have access to it for a year under contract to show it in the um, uh, Washington, D.C. area. And so wow. I'm very pleased that it is moving forward. And um, it is touching lives and, and letting individuals know, number one, I think more importantly, that you can do anything that you set your mind to and that, yes, you're going to have challenges, but if you have that tenacity and that willpower, you'll have a, a positive outcome in the end. And, and I think that with business by faith 
reveals uh, this journey uh, that I have walked, and it was a very unusual journey in establishing a school, not with an association of people, but by myself. And the tunnel vision that I had to write and develop and press forward through all obstacles to establish this school because I had a purpose to serve, and that was to help individuals get an education in health care and to make a transition to change their life forever. And I'm, I'm pleased with what, you know, we were able to accomplish in 23 years. Wow, that's amazing. So you had a calling in your life, and, and by by faith, all of those people were put into place to to help to make you um, who you are today and to help all those other people along the way and, and find your path. I mean, I think that's what happens is sometimes just by faith, you know, you those people are placed in your path to help Absolutely. you. And that's, that's, yeah. Absolutely. And I was blessed with the opportunity to meet so many wonderful people. And, and you know, it really does help one's psyche that when you have so many wonderful people um, come into your life, it helps to balance out all of the negativism that you're faced with because it's so easy to get sidetracked when you have so much animosity coming at you, at least I did, and the discontent of individuals putting their pressures on me. Their life wasn't happy. They didn't want my life happy. Uh, individuals really did not appreciate me even having the school because I was an African-American female and the blocks that went up trying to prevent me from moving forward were unbelievable. That did not weigh because I was so blessed to meet so many wonderful people who understood what I wanted to do and who were just genuine. There are so many wonderful people on this earth who are just genuine and who are kind, and you, you have an affinity to gravitate to those individuals because they feed my nature, and uh, it helps to balance out when I come across someone who's very ugly in their spirit and unkind, not only to me but to others in general because that's their nature, just to be ugly and unkind. It's my reminder that, you know, God has blessed us with so many wonderful people who are very loving and caring and kind, and um, it has helped my life to be more tolerable uh, as I try to live and to be kind to others. Right. And you can pick who who you're going to let into your circle and let into your life, whether it be your your you know home home life or your business life. I think we all have choices in that regard. You know, we do have choices in that regard. But, you know, the choice that we do not have or those who have um, – access to any level of power that can attempt to block your path in life. And um, those are the individuals that I, I'm most re- reflecting on at this time. Uh, you know, you have a wonderful uh, radio show, and I would not be surprised if there has not been someone who may have wanted to block your path, whether they told you or not, or or a person who may have a, a, a stroke of jealousy and they express it in a different way. That's what I mean. The individual who does not support the energy and the positiveness in your life, uh, right. rather than trying to discourage you and um, 
you know, derailed the efforts that you personally have for your, you know, your, your, your focus and your goals to reach out to others. And that's what I'm talking about. There are those individuals who try to derail the activity of others simply because they do not feel that they should have the opportunity to help or do whatever they want to do with their own life. And that is reflected in the business by faith because this journey that I have been on, it has not been easy. Um, but I have been consistent because of my personal faith to want to do good and to press through all the challenges uh, put on my path. Well, you've definitely um, blocked a lot of negativity just to get to where you are today. And I think the 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 blessing in all of this is that we really need to focus on helping other people. So that's what you've done. And in so doing, you've helped yourself and created this, this life that you probably never thought you had, you know, coming to you when you were so young. You know, that's, that's very true. I, I could never have imagined um, when I was a little girl that, I would grow up not only to become a nurse, but to do the other things in my life that I've had the opportunity to do. It never occurred to me what those possibilities were. Um, you know, I dreamed, but never on a large scale that I would have a school. You know, I was blessed to go to school, but end up being um, having the involvement to establish a school to have such a positive effect on so many people and for such a long period of time, it was never my intent to open a school and have it for 23 years. My goal was to establish a training program because I wanted to train 15 young ladies how to be the best nurse assistants that they could possibly be. It never occurred to me that in 23 years I would go as far as having an approved associate degree program to offer it, that never crossed my mind. And when I sit still and reflect on what we were able to do at 4D uh, College, I am extremely pleased because we did very good work there. And um, it was a good place for individuals to come, to be lifted up, to be educated, and to be encouraged to move forward in their lives. And so I will be forever grateful to God to be called by name to be of this service and, and to do the very best that I could do. Yeah, and it's service to others. I think that's the key. You mentioned the four Ds of success, and I and I don't know what those are. Can you tell us about those? Yes. The four Ds are one must have the desire to achieve. You must have and be determined to follow through the process. You must have drive, that energy level needed to be consistent. And if you do those things, you will have deliverance or you will deliver and reach your goals for success. Desire, determine, drive, and deliver. Those are very key components to having a positive outcome for an individual's success. No matter what it is that they want to do, whether it's in a business format uh, a personal format, those things that you dream about, those things that you desire to do in, in your life, those things are achievable if you apply those four Ds. If one just dream all day long and it's only a dream and they never put any drive to move forward, 
it's only a dream. But when you know how to apply these four Ds and to make them work in your life, the outcome um, can be astronomical in terms of your level of achievement and understanding who you are as an individual and what you're capable of doing. And so I applied the four Ds um, in my business. I applied it at the school. The students were taught the four Ds, um, and it made a difference in their life. And I do believe uh, that the four Ds of success, those four Ds have been very valuable to me, and I seek that opportunity to share it with audience and to talk with business um, individuals about to help help them shape and, and maneuver through their own web of, of management. When you have a, the four Ds, you can achieve success. And it's clearly spelled out, you know, uh, in my book of Business by Faith, that was my driving force in everything that I did was my four Ds. When I was challenged and didn't think I could go a, a step further, I had to remind myself of that drive. I needed that energy to be consistent. I couldn't, you know, allow my engine to drop off and just say, I'm just not going to do it. You know, I have to be consistent in my effort. And when I'm consistent in my effort, um, the outcome is going to be what I expect it to be. Well, let's let's go over those again for our listeners. So the four Ds are the desire to achieve, having the drive to achieve, the, the determination, as well as the delivery, because a lot of us get through the first three and don't execute. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of individuals um, do not achieve because they do not execute. Uh, you know, I've had a number of individuals to come to me and want to know how to start a business or how to start the school. And after my first session with them, a lot of them tell me, God, that's too much work. And, I, you ha- you know, you're dreaming about starting the school. You dream about, quote, being your own boss. But you have to have that, that drive. If you don't have that, that motion behind you, you're not going to achieve the dream. Right. And so you have to have motion in order to make that dream become a reality. Uh, you have to have consistency in that motion. You can't start it today and put it down and come back in two weeks. You can't lose that momentum. And so my goal is to get individuals to understand they need to dream, but they have to have momentum and drive, and they have to be consistent. And a lot of individuals need help to keep them revved up for their success. And and that's what I'm capable of doing because I've been able to demonstrate for 23 years how to do that. Well, I I definitely think that um, you have to find something that you love. The theme that I hear from a lot of women that I talk to, including you, is that when you find something that you love, that you feel blessed that you're doing it, that you have um, a calling in your life, then I think those four Ds should fall into place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where we fall where we fall short is when we don't find something we love and it's sort of drudgery. Um it's it's a little more difficult to execute all four of those those four Ds. So you're helping women find something they love. Finding something that they love. But even 
I have found that there are women who really love doing something, but they don't want to execute. I I, I met a young lady who uh, had an absolutely fantastic idea about taking um, home gardening, I guess, into elementary school. And her concept of showing them how to grow uh, vegetables was really phenomenal. And I gave her a task on how to integrate that into the school and who to talk to. And she kept going on a different tangent about um, other things of interest. And after a year, she still had not moved beyond that point of her dream. And it became very frustrating um, because it was hard to keep her focused. Even though I could see her dream, she could not maintain the momentum, that drive to stay focused in order to achieve it. And so she never moved beyond her dream state, even though she, you know, it was a dream all the time. I really want to have kids and I need her to do it. She couldn't move. And, and my goal is to help people move in the right direction and, and basically to move forward. Right. Do you um, found you mentioned um, having been married and going through a divorce? Do you um, find that in your past, your devotion to this career and all that you've done had an impact on your relationship? And if so, would you do it all over again? And would you do it differently? Oh. Uh, let me clarify. I did the divorce did not finalize. Good, it, it, and that is a blessing. But the issue was that I was willing to um, terminate my marriage after twenty years of being married. And when one reads Business by Faith, and it's in the latter part of the first book, because Business by Faith is a trilogy. It's actually three books. And at the end of the first uh, volume of the first book, I start talking about the challenges as a woman. And what I found was that I was expressing, the, I think, the most deepest and inner thoughts of a woman who is crying out for help within her marriage of wanting to feel loved and understood. And I really wrote my thoughts out. And in that, I end up writing my my thoughts and my actions to file for a divorce. I was so blessed to have an absolutely wonderful mother-in-law uh, that I was able to talk to. And she began to intercede on our behalf. And she heard and, uh, of a book, and she provided that to my husband along with some tapes. And a week before our divorce was to be finalized, he came to me and asked me not to divorce him. And wow. we, we talked, and I agreed to stop the proceedings. And uh, this past July, we've been married 40 years now. Congratulations. That's wonderful. <laughs> Uh, but that the pain that I wrote about was so raw that women have told me, and one woman actually came up uh, to me at a speaking engagement and gave me the biggest hug and thanked me for writing 
the way that I did and expressing such truth with such transparency. And she told me, I wish I had read your book before I divorced my second husband because I understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling and I would not have divorced him. And so readers find different glimpses of their life as they read business by faith. So it's not simply business, but it's how it affects uh, individuals' personal lives. Um, A lady called me a couple of weeks ago, and she was literally almost screaming on the phone. And I thought she was upset with me. And she told me that she could not get past page 20 because between 1 and 20 was such a reflection on her life that she was overwhelmed. And so um, I think when when an individual sit down and read Business by Faith, uh, they are going to draw out of Business by Faith areas that will be important to them. And, uh, and, and it's, it is a blessing to have a book that can reach individuals on so many different levels in the business world as well as in their personal lives. And Business by Faith is the trilogy, correct? It is a trilogy. Yes, it is. Uh, Volume 1 is called A Modern Day Example of Unwavering Faith. Volume 2 is called uh, Business by Faith uh, is Buried Treasures. And Volume 3 is Business by Faith, and the subtitle is Still Standing. And all three are available on Amazon. Is there going to be a fourth? Uh, yes, actually, I am working on the latter uh, chapters, uh, and I have volumes uh, four and five have been written in draft form, and I'm working on volume six. And when they're done, that trilogy will be going to a publisher. Um, I hope, um, well, I shouldn't say I hope, but my goal is to get that done um, by June of 2016. Wow. So with all of this going on, how do you balance everything? Oh. You know, I I, I balance, number one, I for me, it's trying to maintain my personal happiness. And um, what that means to me is having peace in my life mm-hmm. and um, my family. And and then knowing those things that I enjoy doing, uh, you know, on on the work side as well as on the um, you know home life, uh, is finding that balance. I know I can't do all things, you know, you know all the time, but for me it's having a balance, you know, um, balance to be with my husband and my my children and grandchildren, and then that balance of being out in the business world. Um, working with various individuals and, and being associated with different networks uh, because it feeds that side of my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that part, you know, it's easy when I know that I have balance. And, and that balance for me is really peace. When I have a sense of peace and tranquility, um, I, I'm in a good space in my life. And I think right. that's very With, important for all of us. It, 
It is. A work-life balance is, is key to, you know, happiness and being married 40 years and you have children and grandchildren. If I were to ask you one thing or one virtue or value that you tried to instill in your children, what would come first to mind? Honesty and integrity. I think it's so important that they are honest because it represents their character. Um, I've always believed, you know, and my father and I used to talk about uh, a man's word is his bond, and a woman's word or a person's word is their bond. Your word is who you are. It's how you represent yourself, and that word should be truth, and it should be true. And that's very important to me that what I say and how I treat others is my truth, and it's not a facade, and I've um, have had the, I guess, the opportunity to come across individuals who were not honest and, and did not have the integrity and their word was not their bond. And to me, it put such an ugly veil over who they really were and who they are. And so for me, being a person of honesty and integrity uh, is extremely important because I think it becomes a reflection of your spirit and, and how you walk in life. Exactly. And and bringing that back to your parents, what um, one virtue would your father or your mother have instilled in you? Oh, God. My, my father uh, instilled in me faith. He was a true believer in the Lord, and he and I would have conversations for hours at a time um, about life. And it was one thing my dad would do. With all, he would always bring me back and get me centered on understanding faith. If my day was bad, if I was angry and wanted to strike out, he would remind me the importance of being a good person, of treating others with respect, and, and being honorable. And in all of that, my father always came back to having a relationship with God. And it, when I was there in, in understanding that, that relationship and how important it is for me in my life and how I treat others according to my expectation of that relationship with God, uh, it gives me that balance that I'm talking about. And that is that has been with me all of my life. That is something that uh, he shared with me and my brothers from the, you know, I can remember as young as the age of six, um, talking about the relationship with God and having faith and moving through life, understanding that faith and, and not wavering from that no matter what. And that is truly the core of my existence and my balance in life is that relationship, my personal relationship with God and my faith and understanding who I am to God and how I perceive him in my life and how I reflect and become a mirror image of him in my dealings with um, individuals that I associate with or who see me uh, in my walk in life. That is just very important to me. And that's what I've instilled in in my children because they hear me talk like this all the time. Uh, we must be good people in life and we must do good and we must be of service to others. 
and I believe in return, we are blessed accordingly um, by the work that we do. Now, I'm not, you know, we're just blessed. You know, it's, it's a spiritual blessing. It's a personal blessing. It's a level of awareness um, of knowing who you are and, and the fulfillment in life. And I share that with my children and how I have raised them. Um, I'm blessed, my husband and I, to have two very beautiful daughters. And we see that being transformed, uh, transition to how they communicate with their mates and how they treat their children and how they treat their associates and, um, and people they associate with. So I think that's very important to have that relationship of faith and share that um, with others because such a wide gamut in, in one's life. Well, absolutely. And integrity and honesty. Um, and it sounds like you've been able to bring from, you know, from your upbringing with your father and your mother and what they've taught you down to your children, your daughters and grandchildren. That's that's amazing. And and living by faith is, is definitely you know, the only way to get through some of life's difficulty, difficulties. And um, um, I would love to to talk longer about all of this. It's amazing and fascinating to me and everything that you've done in your life. Um, but I'm going to have to ask you now, um, you've mentioned your business by faith, and it's an Amazon bestseller, so our, our listeners know about that. But you also do business consulting, and you have packages to offer business owners and our listeners um, to elevate their performance and profitability. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes. Uh, through my business, and, and uh, individuals can visit my website, uh, which is you know, com, and I can be contacted at 909-244-2403. Uh, and what I share with them are, are that con- is that concept of changing your world with the four Ds of success. And, again, my goal to help individuals rise to um, their own personal expectations of what it is that they want to achieve. Uh, I'm very interested in working with uh, individuals who want to be entrepreneurs or who are entrepreneurs and want to move forward to a high-level performance. I'm very interested in working with um, CEOs of their companies and uh, presidents of companies and actually going in and even working with their uh, their staff, because I really understand understand that the company runs on the staff, and the leadership has to have an understanding that their staff must be on one accord. I think that is so important. They have to understand the philosophy and the mission statement of a company, and many individuals don't, and I think that hampers the progress of that company when there's not one core understanding of who that company is and the direction that it should be going. And I'm interested in working with companies to help them solidify that and integrate that into their daily activity so that their companies can move forward um, at a more rapid rate than where it is at, you know, currently and, and in a more tangible manner so that it does not become fragmented. And so that's what I do uh, through 
change your world uh, with the four D's of success and to help individuals see where they are and to know where they want to go and to help them get there. Well, wow, Linda, this has been such an inspiration to me and I know to all our listeners. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you for the invitation to be your guest, and I truly appreciate uh, the honor to be in your guest today. Thank you. Thank you, and it's been truly my honor. And ladies, I'm so happy that you tuned in today and learning from our amazing, fantastic female guests, and I hope you recognize that this is an opportunity to pass their knowledge on to your daughters and friends and share the wisdom of ages. I'll talk to you again soon, and in the meantime, let's lift each other up, spread the love, and share the attitude of gratitude. And thanks also to Julie Tabazon for all the help today. Olive Crest is a local nonprofit organization dedicated to preventing child abuse, treating and educating at-risk children, and preserving the family one life at a time. For 40 years, Olive Crest has provided safe, loving homes to at-risk youth throughout Southern California, Nevada, and the Pacific Northwest. There are many ways you can help, including volunteering or becoming a foster parent. Go to www.olivecrest.org or call 1-800-550-CHILD to learn more. That's 1-800-550-CHILD. Call today. You've been listening to the Tal Janice Radio Show. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest for the show, or if you would like to nominate a fabulous female for a shout-out by Janice on the live show, please visit www.talljanice.com. Please share this episode with your social network and help us lift women up. Join us next week for another episode of Tell Janice. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.